What up, Trash Talkers? We're back here for another Tuesday of your favourite weekly basketball podcast. Maybe your favourite podcast in general. I'm not going to underplay it. It might be. I hope so. Jeez, that's a cool, big opening statement. <laughs> There's a lot I of like stuff it. out there. We, it's a big show, so I'm glad you went that, that hard at the It start. is a big show. There's been controversial comments from owners, water coming out of the roof, shit leaking everywhere. Ooh. At the moment, Should but I'm going to let you. Yeah. Ju- I'm going to let you jump in, Pete, because you've done the research, you've done the maths on what the outcome of this New Zealand versus Illawarra game that was postponed or not postponed, cancelled, right, at yeah. the end of the third quarter because of a leaking roof. And we're not going to get into the politics of this, whether Gladys, the Premier of New South Wales, should be coming in and giving more money. That's not what we're here to do. Before I will jump on because obviously social media erupted, rightly so. Obviously something like that, which no one the expected, roof also erupted. There was right, multiple things. Um, but people coming at the league going, oh, this is so unprofessional. This is a disgrace to our league. This doesn't happen anywhere. Fix yourself, NBL. One, wasn't the NBL's fault. They're not no. in charge. Two, as a matter of fact, this has happened a couple of times in the NBA. Most recently, 2018, Pelicans visited the Pacers. There was a leaky roof. The rain was getting in onto the foul line. The delay was two and a bit hours. Fans were slowly trickling out. And then they called the game after two hours. So shout out the NBL for having their own thing in mind. <laughs> We're getting rid of it. And also to the Illawarra Hawks, horrible situation. Shitty thing that they couldn't, well, it could have been fixed prior to all that. But all the players stayed on the court. They had signing with everybody who was there. They shot half-court shots with the fans. All yeah, that Hobson kind of was stuff. over there playing with the players. Is nothing, no one put a foot wrong right, in to, this situation. And how to deal with it, right. So it does happen in other leagues. And a lot of people saying, oh, FIBA rules say... It's got nothing to do with FIBA. FIBA have their own rules for tournament play, whether you can replay it or that, but each league has their own set of rules. So the NBA, NBL said there was four options. One, they can come back and replay the game in a different day. Highly unlikely because it's the breakers, they would have to come back over to Australia, which would have been hard to do. Two, they can replay the end of the game. Similar situation where you're coming back, and I don't really recall how... Have you ever seen a game be replayed in the last, like, just the last quarter and a half? No, I, I know that they replayed an entire game, NBL Facts so put if, it out. If yeah. It was the entire game because it was a scoring issue. But no, no I, I've heard of it before, right. but I've never seen so it. The, and I think it'd be ridiculous. The NBL rule is if it's happened in the first half, then they would cancel the game completely and the game would never have even stood. So that's what, because it was in the second half, these rules come into play. So that was highly unlikely. The third one, was to, which is what happened, was to leave the score as is and that's the end of the game result. The fourth one would be that the NBL would have to come up with a score that could have potentially happened at the end of the game. Now, that one only came into context when you're looking at the breakers because of the percentage. The breakers are going to rely on percentage potentially to get into the playoffs. Now, that would have been hard to do. That would have been a lose-lose no matter what because hypothetically, say you say the breakers win by 25, which they may very well have the way they were playing. They were shooting the piss out of it. But say they get in the percentage over Brisbane or Melbourne in the playoffs by like six points and then people come back and say, well, what about that happening? That's not fair. Yeah. So I think they dealt with it the right way. A shitty situation, that's probably the only way you could really deal with it. Yeah, I think there was no other way of dealing with it. If you, if you say this, you and Illawarra have come back in the second half and usually when teams start to blow a team out, and the hard thing here is when you look at it that New Zealand know they're playing for percentage. Right. So they could be hurt on this. The NBL's done the right thing. But if I'm New Zealand, I'm still annoyed at the situation. For sure. Because they, they know they have to play for percentage. So they're going hard in that fourth quarter. They're not resting guys like you usually would again when you're up against a team like Illawarra. Yep. They're going trying to win that game by 30, which they very they may very well have done. Well, people said when they played Adelaide Breakers in the first game of that round, 
They put Scotty Hobson back in the game up 25 with four minutes to go for that yeah, exact reason. Because you need that percentage. They need it's that why, percentage. It's why people, someone asked me the other day, why in the, it was after a game, why people in the NBL don't hold it for the last possession. Because percentage, percentage matters, matters so right. much. It's the closest league in the world. It yeah. matters more than any other league. Yeah. So you'd never it'd be stupid not to shoot that last shot. But yeah, I think it's really hard on the breakers. And Illawarra, a lot of people are like, well, you don't know. Illawarra have the home crowd behind them. They can come back. Fair enough. But Illawarra taking a loss in that column doesn't change the fact they're getting the wooden spoon anyway. No. This is all about the breakers. And I kind of hope it doesn't end up meaning that they miss out on percentage based on something that was out of their control. It'd be disappointing. It but would it's be. One of those, it's an act of nature or an act of lack of funding. Whatever it is, it's and and the the harsh irony of it is, New South Wales needs rain, so it's like yeah. it's a good thing that that was all happening. But yeah, you don't expect that. Into I'm sure that all they'll make sure that doesn't happen again. Obviously, but it has happened. It happened in the NBA a couple of times. Yeah. So for all those people saying this is bush league type stuff, That's it's not. I mean. It happens. Anyway, from one leak to another, <laughs> Pauline Hanson made some. No, 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 sorry, not Pauline Hanson. <laughs> Paul Smith made some comments during the week on Twitter, which are up for debate whether you find them disrespectful or not. I think it's, you know, we're not very much in the position to say whether you find them disrespectful, but I, I found them inappropriate for sure. To be bringing in when we've got Indigenous Round that has been such a success for the entire week, and then you choose to take that slant on it, accusing the Perth Wildcats, who do do a lot. And, and that's what I, I didn't think that this was a direct hit. On uh, the artist. Yeah. This was not an attack on the indigenous artist who produced this jersey. This was an attack on the Wildcats from Paul Smith on what they used this indigenous round for, which for me was totally out of line and missed the point by, by a far, far margin because indigenous artwork uses history and combines it with the dot work. I'm not sure the official term for it, but they integrate history into all the artwork. So it seems appropriate to integrate the history of the Wildcats and the success that they've had <laughs> into the jersey. I just don't see how there can be any sort of judgment and it doesn't help as well when your team's just lost to them for you to come on Twitter and a long string of incidents that he's had yeah. on Twitter to come out with that and then start coming back at fans. It's just a shit look and I don't want to spend any more time on Paul Smith than we have to because it's almost like this stuff is done purely to get an outrage or a reaction. It doesn't matter what line he's willing to cross. Well, I think, yeah, you're right. I don't want to spend too much time on it because obviously what happened happened and, and people were outraged by it. My biggest thing is, as you said, regardless of your view, your personal beliefs about whatever or whatever you're trying to do, when you're in that platform position that he is, it has to stay indoors or within the Sydney Kings. Like you can't be putting that out on social because it's a bad look for a it, brand. That's exactly what it, that's my biggest thing is regardless of what your own belief is and however right or wrong that is, you cannot put that out there for any instance. It could be about numerous things. And he's had a lot of comments pop up every now and then. That's kind of the guy he is. When it comes to that that's the the worst thing for me. Is you can't put yourself in that position. And then on the other side, you come out and release a statement. I think you have to apologize as See, well. See, I'm, I'm sort of torn on this one because I understand, yeah, the right thing to do there is to probably apologize. No, I think but then again, what the statement that he made, as inappropriate as a lot of people thought it was, it wasn't a... It wasn't a racist comment, which people are saying. It was in right. no way a racist comment. It was just an inappropriate no. comment. And as much as he... Sh there's aspects where he should apologize... He also he he settled it in his own way. No, I agree. He and spoke I, with the indigenous which artist, is good. And, and that and that seems to have settled it for me. I don't think it necessarily needs an apology because, as he said, he still stands by his his opinion is yeah. that the Wildcats should not have used this round 
to apparently, in his words, sort of push their agenda. Yeah, okay, I'm saying... and Because of the way he doubled down in his responses to other other fans who were upset about it and those things, I think that deserves the apology of, sorry that this came out this way, this is where I was going with, that I shouldn't have got involved with the fans, which he's not going to do. But I think that was more... I'm glad that you're right, he got sorted out. The biggest thing was, you're right, going to the creator of the jersey and saying, this is what I was saying and sorting that out. So I'm glad that he did all that. I just think that because... All the fans got involved and he jumped on with that, that perhaps you can, as your platform, can do that. Frankly, I just don't want to talk about Paul Smith yeah, yeah. anymore because this is an we, owner that's just not, trying to... We couldn't not, could oh, we? we? No, we, we had to touch it, but it's an owner that's just pushing for the spotlight himself. Like, your team is doing so good so on the well. court. Stop trying well, to make we'll this get to about that. yourself. We'll get to that as We well. will get to the Kings later, but the Breakers, looking to potentially reinstate Webster, who has come back from the coronavirus in China, which has brought him back, of course, the Asian League suspended... Or the CBA. Was it the CBA? CBA, yeah. The CBA suspended for a yeah. while until all this stuff gets worked out, which looks like it could be a while. So he's available. They take going through the avenues they can, which looks like it will work because Corey Webster doesn't have to stay the 14 days in isolation due to the area that he was in that a lot of people have to do coming back to New Zealand from oh, China. So he doesn't have to go through the 14 days of isolation, or at least they don't think. I'd probably come on. Let's just yeah, I'm probably saying I just maybe just, I, maybe isolate for yeah. a little bit. Well, there's only as we said, they're they're making a run for finals, so I'm not even thinking about like the whole isolation or that quarantine type of thing. I don't think they've got their stuff figured out. The Breakers, the yeah. roles are really identified now. Scotty Hobson, Sec Henry are their two guns right now. Sec Henry's playing out of his mind. Yeah, he had 17 points by the time the game was called off. And, and RJ Hampton's gone. He's done, which well, he hasn't played for a few weeks. No, anyway. he hasn't even been playing that well. No. He hasn't even been playing that well. So I I think they've got it all figured out. Finn Delaney's playing out of his mind. Tom Abercrombie's playing out of his mind as well. Everything's sorted. The Breakers have got this little role going. They're going to go into Brisbane this week and perhaps cause a massive headache. Like I think it would be the most stupid move you yeah. could possibly make to reinstate Corey Webster into this team. Because they it said... It was addition yeah. via subtraction. They became, they've won 12 games since Webster left. Now, I don't know what goes on off the court, on the court. Is that real? Whether there's any, they've won 12 games since Webster left. Oh, goodness. I didn't so know they that. are a far better team without Webster. Don't fix it if it ain't broken. Why would you possibly well, no. think of putting Webster back in this because team? Because you're right. Everything's figured out. They've got their minutes down packed. Even Jordan Nata is playing five to ten minutes a game, but playing his role. If you say, oh, well, he's not doing too much. If we take Nata's minutes away, let's put Webster in those minutes. It's different. Webster needs the ball. You don't need to give Jordan Nartai the ball. Jordan Nartai's out there to play no, defense. No, Scotty Hobson's coming to his own. That's what I mean. Zach Henry's coming to his own. I think, it would be a stupid move yeah. to bring Webster back into this line. I've got a feeling we're going to see him. I get the feeling we will too. And, I, and it won't be the first mistake this organization's made. Well, I hope not because of how they've corrected so much from the start of the year and they're starting to really roll. And I'd love to see them in the playoffs. I think they could cause a couple headaches. With Scotty Hobson's a flat-out beast. He's, he's a beast. He's a baller. He's a beast. And don't fuck up his vibe. By bringing in Webster back into this lineup. I tell you what, hopefully it's not this weekend because we talk about big matchups everyone wants to see in the league. Bryce versus Casper, all this. <laughs> Scotty Hobson versus Lamar Patterson this Friday Huge. is going to be massive viewing. Big bodies. That's just two two blokes ready to go. That's well, We've spoken to Lamar Patterson. We bring him up in MVP. He's still sitting at a juicy $9, which I cannot believe. Well, Mark Patterson potentially leads his team, and I don't think it's rebounds anymore. Or there's one of the stat categories that he doesn't lead his team in anymore, but it's points, assists. This guy is unstoppable. And the narrative that's been going for Machado all year, it's rightly so. Yeah. And it's going to be very, very hard-pressed to take him out of that. Well, it's not, it's not done like a brown, though. When it comes to the MVP, no. this could be... Anyone. Lamar Patterson is a real MVP. Look he at the really LEDs is. rolling he through really during the finals. You might have been seen it on one of those. Oh, but anyway, it's time for in-player out-of-bounds. DJ 
Daniel Johnson calls his team out after the game as selfish on defense, said that they just weren't moving, switching. Pot kettle. What shit comments after the game? That is ridiculous. Daniel Johnson has widely been regarded as a poor defender. And if you watch that game back, he's one of the reasons. He's as much a part of that problem than he is anyone else. I can understand when you say, oh, guys aren't rebounding and hustling. If you're, if you're Mika Vakona and you come out and say, oh, no one was hustling. But for Daniel Johnson to come out, and we've backed up Daniel Johnson. I still reckon he's one of the most underrated players in this league offensively. But for him to come out and make those comments about his team's defense is ridiculous and is the pot calling the kettle black. I'm taking a completely different stance on all of this. because Please enlighten me. Because they got destroyed by the breakers. That was a 30-point blowout. One, don't interview him. Like you, this guy. Because what? What do you need to get out of a thirty? You get a loss? comment like that, and then it makes headlines because you got a comment that was completely ridiculous. But that, that's media. But with the emotion, how pissed off who did he'd you be? Want, who did you want them to interview? No one from the six. Oh come on! What a sort of snowflake not, shit is that? They've got to interview someone. Not. We don't do that every game, but not everybody does it. Unless there's like a post game show. Not every team gets an. The other teams to come no, up. No, you you want to hear you want to go. I want to go to the most disappointed player which, on the floor, the most excited player on the which floor. Which they do in a press conference because immediately after the game, your emotions are going to be running high. That stuff as a team, that stuff breaks up a team when it's said. That stuff. Yeah, should don't be, say it. Daniel that Johnson. should be in the locker room. That stuff should be said in the locker room before it comes out. If he said that for the last week or so inside locker room, fair enough. If he's gone, I've been trying to correct this all week, and we come out and do that, I'm pissed off. Fair enough. I think he was just caught up in the moment. They just lost. I think you should at least let him. He would probably would have gone back and said something in the locker room to jo- Joey might have said something. Because then you come out and when they beat the Phoenix, a couple of comments from Jerome Randall on social media, kind of like, they're not happy. The six no. And they're not going to make playoffs. And we as fans want to hear more of that. That's why I want... If I could have it, I'd have every single player, coach, official interviewed after the game. I don't care if it's heat of the moment, whatever it is. That's where we get the best stuff. But that's yeah, you. Like I'm talking about, we talk about team culture all that. You want to see every team just slowly implode? Because that- no, because you know what, the cream rises to the rises to the top. I will tell you what, if you do that to the Perth Wildcats, one of the best cultures they're in the league. That, they're not saying we that. don't. We, yeah, they're not saying that, but they right. still get interviewed straight after the game because Lockie that- Reed walks around and does roaming Lockie. We see it on the post game show. Different guys have different responses. You got yeah. Well, pick we don't want you don't guy. want guys on your team. They're going to throw their teammates under the bus. Well, you got to give them the chance to be able to confront their team first after a thirty point loss. If you just lost by thirty and were an integral players part have been of it, getting interviewed at that time of the, at that time of the game right after for years and years not- and years. And I'll tell you what, they don't throw their teammates under the bus like that when they're part of the problem. Well, I, that's. I I, I agree. He's he's a big uh, their whole oh, their whole team is a massive part of the problem on the defensive end. That's why they're not going to play playoffs. But you're trying to compare Daniel Johnson, a guy who notorious you don't hear much from anyway, so you, no one knows how he's really going to react to when Perth get blown out and they go and interview Damian Martin, one of the best speakers possible, who talks in the right way. It's a complete that's apples and oranges. Hold up, hold up. You're backing my argument up there because you're saying. Oh, they go and interview him right after the game. Someone who knows how to handle themselves no, in the media. I'd, someone, I'd who not, make, someone who doesn't make those ridiculous comments. I'd rather not have that. Unless wait until the, they've had the no, time to no, settle you, down. You, it's it's baptism of fire. You need to go and interview people after players. Because we, I, I guarantee fans want to hear that stuff. They don't want to say, "Oh, no, 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 leave the players, let them relax," and then we'll hear some drawn out comment that they've been media training and been told to say. Oh, all first off, everyone gets media training. Is this what you want to hear? Is this what you want to hear? No matter what, after the game, oh yeah. Full credit to the boys. Thanks, everyone, for taking part in the game. There's a couple of areas we could have done better. No, I want the emotional reaction. I want them to speak the truth. And that's what Daniel Johnson did. He spoke the truth. Credit to him for speaking what he believes is the truth. Do I agree with it? 
No, I don't in any part. So you're, this is a guy who loves... You're the reality TV sugar. That's what you're trying to see is more reality TV. Yeah, you I'll, want to I'll, see I'll tell you what, you hit the nail on the head there. I want reality. I don't want contrived bullshit after the game of people going, oh, yeah, you know, I thought we played hard. We just didn't make our shots. No. Daniel Johnson, if you want to call out your teammates, then call them out. I don't agree with what you said, but I respect the brutal honesty after the game. I respect the brutal honesty of Jerome Randall after the game. And it's happened time. In some of the best press conferences, some of the best interviews we've had about in press sport, conferences. Some of the best, I'm calling a press conference an interview after the game. Some of the best interviews we've had after the game. The NFL, Richard Sherman, right as the game ends. Yeah, okay, so going at Michael but Crabtree. You this is the best emotion real we get in sports. You're going to have, you're going to open the door by ha- allowing, if you want to see more of this, if you go up to a guy who's just been absolutely shafted by referee calls, by him turning around emotionally after the game and blasting them and then he ends up out of his pocket because you can't Yeah, you know it. what? You good? You happy with that? You want that? I want to see, I want players to be put in that position because then we get the honest truth. This is a fan of the game, someone who wants the entertainment value of this league. And this happens all the time. People get shafted by the officials and interviewed straight after the game. And I'll tell you what, they keep their composure. Not everybody. No way. Of course not everybody. But you're looking at the, this would be the most boring sports world on earth if it went the way that you want it to be. Everyone having 20 minutes just to sit back in the locker room, no, work out a contrived response and then give it. That's bullshit. No, because I want to see, you want to see teams competing the best they can compete. I just want stuff to be dealt with in-house first. And then you can go out and say the same thing or whatever. I want stuff to be dealt with in the most entertaining way possible. And that is a reality TV show. That is not reality. So, so you realize that sport is reality TV. You do realize that. But you're, you're wanting you want to see that those kind of comments honest, cause problems no, with teams. No, that, I, that is complete. No, no, hold up, hold up. That is completely ridiculous. Say I want problems within teams. You know what I want? I want honest, truthful comments after the game. I don't want the usual bullshit that we get given, where guys go to the locker room, they come out, and they just give the same response time after time. Full credit to the boys. That sort of stuff. I don't want negative responses. But if they come because we interview players right after the game, then so be it. We want heat of the moment emotion. We want to know how these players are feeling, not how their coaches told them to think and what their coaches told them to say in the press conference after the game. Okay, I'm, I understand what you're saying. And look, I want as much, you want the, harsh, the truth from it. I'm the, I just want teams to be able to deal with stuff first, give, be given the chance to deal with stuff first because you so deal no with no post-game interviews. No, it's, they're going to come, but I'm assuming straight after, third, unless certain coaches would So you're saying, heard. so if the game is highly entertaining and emotional, then players don't get touched after the game and they just go back to their locker rooms. No, they do get touched after the game. That's You're missing my point. In a is, press conference. But that's if there's something, that game was a complete blowout. I don't even know if it was, a, he might have been walking off the court already pissed and they just called him back. If, that, if they're going in there to blast each other like... Teams have done after blights, just go yeah, at each other. Let that just happen first. He's probably still going to be heated. Then bring him out. And you can also say, oh, what happened in there? And then hopefully we get the truth out of it. Say, to be honest, we called each other out. We did all this. We did all that. They don't say that though. You know sport. Because they go in the locker room. They say, this stays in here. But okay. But give it the chance. That's what I'm saying. I, as an ex-professional, I would like to be able to have the team deal with it first and then go and put it out. That's me. That's Yeah. And I'll tell you what you're doing. You're wrapping bubble wrap around these players and making sure they don't get hurt at all. What they need to do is control themselves emotionally after the game Easier said and than man done. up okay. and interview. Easier said than In done. Daniel Johnson's eyes, what he said was right. He called his players out, and that's what he wanted to do. Yeah, but, do yeah. I agree with it? No. But I don't think he regrets it. Well, no, they came we'll out s- and won. We'll see this week. Yeah, it yeah. sparked him up. It sparked the team up, so he doesn't regret it. 
What? Don't bubble wrap these players. No, I think you, Pete then you need to call every player and tell them to let loose. A lot of people have to hold their tongue back. So you want to tell them. No, I don't. See, here's the thing you don't understand. I don't want you. You're taking this weird avenue on this argument that I want everyone coming and saying stupid things and calling each other out. No, what you want is no emotional post-game interviews. I want emotion, whether it be good or bad. You take it how you get it. I No, I want this certain... We adapt with sport with all different things on the fly because of what's going on. That game, they were awful, and you could see them yelling at each other throughout the game. I would let them deal with that first. As a person, I would rather see that team deal with that first and then come out and say what no, happened. As, 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 what a, as a casual fan, you want to say, I wonder what they're thinking now right after that. I wonder what that coach is thinking. Thinking everyone. Right after then interview like every that. single player. So you've literally just gone from don't <laughs> interview them to interview every I, single player. Because I disagree with you on that. But that particular instance, I disagree with. I'll tell you now that would be the most boring sporting competition in the world if we didn't we just say oh no 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 no, you go don't don't interview no so you're jumping on the other fully on the other side as well I am fully on the other side I I am clearly on the other side no because I want an entertaining league and, and attitudes like this suck the entertainment out of it we can't protect these players that much all right I'll take that as a Mate, certified, certified win. I'm going to wear though now. We want someone wall. who's... Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. If you actually had a decent argument, Pete, you'd be able to argue it back, but you just keep running in circles trying to bubble wrap these players. You're a flog. Jumping to them. There we go. See, that is what is called losing an argument and reverting to personal insults when you lose. Well, it's time for the great man from Bunbury, Mark Worthington. He's sitting up there relaxing. And who is the big man going to posterize this week? Let's check in with the great man. G'day guys, it's been a big week in the NBL and obviously a lot of controversy which you guys have probably already touched on. With that being said, I'd like to talk about award season. Now the first one I'm going to talk about is Coach of the Year. A lot of people are calling for Mike Kelly to be Coach of the Year and I think he's had an outstanding season. The Taipans were bottom of the ladder last season and made their way into playoff contention and possibly championship contention with the roster that they've built. That being said, it's because of the roster that they've built, they have a much better season than what they had last year. So kudos to Mark Beecroft, Troy Stone and Mike Kelly. But I believe the coach of the year should either go to Will Weaver or Trevor Gleeson. Sometimes in our society, we just look at the shiny new toy and what we don't appreciate is what we have in front of us. Trevor Gleeson has been an outstanding coach in this league for a long period of time. He's had his fair share of doubters and even though they won the championship last year, they've had their own little troubles to navigate this season. The Wildcats are definitely in contention for a championship again this season, and Trevor Gleeson should be uh, awarded maybe Coach of the Year. The other person is Will Weaver. Will Weaver has been excellent this season as far as managing their, the load and still managing to be on top of the ladder from the start to the finish. Yes, they've got the big name stars, but they've also produced the most this season. They've been the most consistent team and I'd expect them to win the championship this year. How about the MVP race? Everyone's calling for Scott Machado to be the MVP this year. Now, while I agree that Scott Machado has been outstanding, I still think that Bryce Cotton is the yardstick that everyone should measure up against. He didn't win it last year because of Bogut's first year in the league, and I believe he's had a better season this year. Bryce Cotton, to me, is just greatness. Night in, night out, no fuss, no thrills. Just an absolute legend of our game now. 
To me, Bryce Cotton should be the MVP this season. So I understand why the public would want to vote for the Taipans this year. I have nothing against the Taipans, obviously, but I believe that we should just continue to look at what's been going well and not just appreciate the shiny new toy. He's got a point. And the biggest one that he's got a point on is the Will Weaver Mike Kelly stuff. I just wanted to put the roof down on his car to get rid of the wind in the back. Yeah, try to record that one without the windows yeah. open driving 100 kilometers on a Bunbury freeway. But no, I, I agree with the uh, Will Weaver stuff. Yeah. Look, I've pitched Mike Kelly for Coach of the Year all year. But if there's ever a case, and you can do this with virtually every award on offer this year, I wouldn't actually mind splitting the award between Will Weaver and Mike Kelly because Will Weaver will be so hard done by. This has been the most consistent season any NBL team has had. Yeah, no one's gone from start to finish. Start to finish. And to not, it doesn't matter who you've got. Teams have been this good and this stacked before, even yeah. more stacked. I'd argue that that Melbourne United team was far more stacked in 2018 than this Sydney Kings one is. They didn't run the table like that. We. <laughs> we, yeah. yeah, we and I. Yeah, um, it, yeah and I, I don't know about the split just because you could actually do that for every single award this year. You could, and because and it's the closest, it. it's the closest award race. I mean, it will take a lot away from it, but I think a couple of them definitely deserve um, to be split races. Um, and yeah, it's hard. Where Mike Kelly's brought this team from last year, they started zero and three this year too. Everyone thought it was going to be a similar thing. Yeah, and so, Trevor Gleeson can even sneak in. There. I know it's actually kind of ridiculous to even think about. It. I think, as you said, no one's done what Will Weaver's done with the Kings, um, and I like the way he's carried himself. I really like him as a coach. And on the other hand, what Mike Kelly's done, so I think. He's definitely still in the conversation. Don't throw him out there. I, I think Mike Kelly will win, but don't definitely don't disregard Will Weaver as a chance. I think the narrative's gone too far that Mike Kelly will win. Well, see, win here's now. interesting on that. We didn't talk about Defensive Player of the Year. I think Defensive Player of the Year is a social constructed award because unless people are talking about them as defensive players, unless they average four blocks a game, yeah. there's no real stats to back it up. So it's only like um, six weeks ago, people are like, oh, DJ Newbill, and then people were just like, oh, yeah, yeah, look what he's done there. So that's been yeah. socially constructed. I think that's a fully socially constructed award. Well, it's that and it's usually whoever leads the blocks. Well, no, it's not because Will Magne's not going to win it, is he? Oh, he's a chance. Oh, you think? He's a chance, yeah. He's a chance. A chance. But that's 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 what I mean. Like, Unless it's like steals Damo. But Damo, again. Yeah, it's usually the, the... It's socially constructed. The leader in a certain category. And But people like Damo had that... Or yeah. he, that was what he did. Oh, if you're regarded as a great defender... You can have bad defensive games, and you're still regarded yes. as a great defender. Yes. Yeah. So, and then we looked at the MVP race. Uh, what Bryce Cotton's done, he's normalised his greatness. Yeah. That we take it for granted, which hurts him. He shouldn't, but yeah. it does. And I also think that Lamar Patterson will be the MVP. That's mine. <laughs> you didn't say it, were there, But I think he's ridiculous. Well, it's time for hot and cold. We'll jump into this quickly and get through it. Hot and cold. Sydney were impressive in their loss to Perth without Bogan. Hundred percent. And Deshaun Tate is an All NBL lock. He's a lock yeah, now. Yeah, 100%. He's, he's proved it's gone, his worth. It's gone past he should be there. He's a lock. He dominated that game in that loss. But this, a lot of people have said they get nothing out of this game because, you know, it was a dead rubber Absolutely without Bogut Lozada. Absolutely, something out of that game. That was huge for me because there could come a point in these playoffs where Sydney have to play without Bogut. And if they can take it to Perth in the jungle in a game like that, well, the biggest. Then I, st- I still think that it, it doesn't affect them as much as maybe I thought it would. Well, it, what it does affect is we're talking about Perth are now the favourites because of Miles Plumley. They took Plumley out of the game. He barely played. Played eighteen minutes. Didn't look happy that Trevor was sitting him. I thought Perth were going to use him for more minutes to get his feet ready against the Kings. No, he was laying an egg. Didn't happen. So 
That's a big win for Sydney. I think as much as that's a loss, that is a huge win for Sydney on the weekend. Yeah, well, the biggest thing there was that Miles Pumley was going to come in and just completely obliterate Sydney without Bogut in there. Yep. And now they don't have that confidence. It gets thrown up in the air a little bit. Hold on, cold. Mika's dirty hit on Stanton Kids. I forgot that we used hot and cold. Uh, hot, by the way, on the last one. <laughs> we, got, we should answer. Uh, cold. But this... Oh. It was just a dirty play. And the, and the refs have to understand this when you go to the video. If someone this, just throws a that dirty wasn't elbow, reviewed. That was That part of it was But it not should, if, if it does go to video, I understand yeah. the, the biggest talking point is that it didn't go to review. The, it was, Mick is out of it. It was reviewed as the... When Stanton Kid wasn't happy about it, gave a shove, got a foul for yeah. that, which was his second. And then got in each other's face, which was a double technical, which hurt the United more. Hurt Melbourne United way more because yeah. Stanton had to sit down for ages. He was supposed to be the guy to try and stop Lamar. But this is Mick has done this his whole career. This is Mick. No, he's done, he hasn't done this sort of stuff. He's one of the toughest players. He, I'd say he is the toughest player in the league. Usually does that on rebounds. That was a dirty out it, of yeah, character. Okay, hit. that was a uh, something that he had. I'm talking about the little annoyances that he yeah, would do throughout the game. Me, but they could, could have smacked him in the face harder and broke his nose. Like that was just. I'm I'm that. more I upset that. that it wasn't reviewed as a part of it because that's what you got to look and saying why why did Stanton Kid react this way? Let's go yeah. back. Oh shit. Okay, well, we usually it is. Yeah, That's I'm thing. surprised. Usually it yeah. is reviewed. Yeah. Hot and cold. Casey's to return to Melbourne United and save the day. Now, you've been right on the sidelines with Melbourne United, so you got a little bit more than me. Well, he's ready. He's been ready for a couple of weeks, I think, and it's more so I don't know how many more Stan Kidd has to play to qualify, or even Casey, for that matter. I, we spoke to him last week, and he was saying he was hoping to be able to play last week. I think weekend. you can get some exemption if you've been injured. Well, you, you, you have you have some grace no, there if you get injured I and you've been that, on the injury list. I thought the same, but apparently Kevin Lish has to play every game now leading into playoffs. That's right, because he's, he's flying. Even though he's not playing, he's still flying to games. He is now. To so get, yeah, yeah, he is yeah, now. To, to um, get into that. So, yeah, it's, there's still a small heartbeat left for Melbourne. If New Zealand beat Brisbane, all of a sudden it changes everything. They've got a decent run home. All the games are in Melbourne. So... Do you bring him back? And like they didn't. I look, think you bring him back. No matter what, they didn't what look Melbourne that bad. is doing right now is not working. They need to bring Casey Prather back. It doesn't matter who you've got. The to only get thing out of that, that didn't team. work on the weekend was their horrible rebounding. That was disgusting. But Melo Trimble has to come off the bench again now, right? He had thirty-six. Yeah. So Stanton Kid started. You bring who's starting then? If you bring Casey back, Casey. I, th- I think you've just got to start Casey. Oh, I'm like, a massive Casey Prather fan. And oh, I also for know sure. He's established himself within this team before. And that's a message that you send. If you start him straight away, that is a message of trust that you send to him. He's a next star. He's, <laughs> he can play as well. Hot or cold, Brisbane is more dangerous than the Taipans. Now, the narrative coming into the finals and throughout the year is the Taipans are a contender. Brisbane is a non-contender. I don't know if we're going to... I reckon that narrative may have switched right now. The Taipans still very dangerous. But I would rather face the Taipans than I would the Brisbane Bullets if I finish first on the ladder. Oh, you're going that way. Okay, uh, in that wording, hot. I was going more, I think cans are extremely dangerous when they're rolling on the night. But yeah. if I could think about the mental side of, you've got veterans who have been in places before who can step up where they've still got young guys, um, cans type ends with Majuk Dang, uh, Cam Oliver, yeah. these younger guys who they could take a mental side of the playoffs, get a little tense because they played real well. All of a sudden, everyone in Cairns is like, this is your year. You're up and about. This, this is your chance. You might not get and that crop say, of imports Say you year. lose that first one of the finals and you got that second game. It's going to be a little tight. So in when you change the wording, I agree with you. I, I think Brisbane are playing with nothing to lose, whereas Cairns are sort of starting to think, okay, now we have some expectation. We need to make a dent in this playoffs because it would be disappointing. If Cairns go out... Straight in the sets, first straight yeah. sets, it's disappointing. Well, I've, Whereas Brisbane, 
We didn't expect any of them. This is the, one of the latest runs we've seen. My question to anyone is when the game is on the line, in the last five minutes and you want someone to take over a game in all different facets of it, you, do you want the ball in Scott Machado's hands or Lamar Patterson's hands right now? And Lamar. Lamar. Lamar, easily. But he, I would say that over anyone in the league bar, maybe Bryce Cotton. But oh, no, yeah, I don't even know anymore. Lamar, what Lamar did on the weekend was absurd. It's, it's amazing. Hold on, Cole. Swaggy P in the NBL. Cole. Cold. I don't. I, it's just going to be another circus, I think, for another team. He'll bring fans, which is great. You want? You talking about that or on the team? Side no, I, I think on the team standpoint, think I think this guy gets just because he's nicknamed Swaggy P and he's a fun-loving dude. I think he gets tarred with that brush that he's going to be a you know a distraction on the team. This dude is still a guy who, in my opinion, could play legitimate minutes in the NBL. Yeah, I, I think he will as well. He cops a whole lot for apparently not being able to play defense. He's not a terrible defender. Okay, so he's a Chris Goulding style shooter. Can I get your overall take on the mellow ball coming in? Is that a positive or negative on for the Illawarra Hawks? It's a positive for the league. I think it's a negative purely for Illawarra. I think it's going to be... A s- on, and it's a negative... You've got two stances on this. There's a business standpoint. I think it's a positive. You've sold a whole lot of jerseys. Yeah. I don't know where the money... Where the NBL makes money on the jerseys, yeah. where the Illawarra makes jerseys, uh, however it happens. Uh, but I think it's a positive for business, a negative for on-court development. I think that'll be the same with Swaggy then because it's the same kind of thing How of is that? the he, defense. No, he's a much better player. Swaggy P could have a bigger impact in this league than what Lamelo can as an 18-year-old. Lamelo had two, two back-to-back triple doubles. Swaggy yeah. P could go for 40. This guy can legitimately I, score the ball at the NBA level. I think he'd be, bring up a lot of attention. I think you're right. He will play well. I'm just wondering over the course of a year how that could potentially turn into a circus. I'm thinking like worst-case scenario, obviously. With, yeah, with, I don't with, think it turns into a circus at all. I'd like to say he says he's coming. Yeah, well, he who, says who, he's where's coming. Where's he going? Who, who yeah, we can't him. trust that Swaggy P. Who can we trust? Who, who need not D'Angelo Russell? That was the thing, right? Yeah, not D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Snitch. Uh, wait, wait. Who? What team wants him? What team needs him? Any team will take him. Any team would take him. Cairns. Cairns. I don't think you need to send him a small market I team. Scott, I reckon it might be better if he's at a big market. I've heard team. Scott Machado might be back if we Cairns. Well, that'd be huge. That would be huge. Cam Oliver, no. Hope Scott Machado. I hope it happens. Hold a cold. Mitch McCarron needs greener pastures. We look at how he went. At the tight bands, averaging 11.6 assists. Over at Melbourne, he's averaging 8.3 assists. I love Mitch McCarron's game, and I reckon he can be a game changer for a team. But I just reckon it needs to be in the right environment. Well, he got, needs to be given more of the ball. He's got another And he year. can't get that right he's now He's got another year on his contract. Yeah, but if, I'm saying it's, it's a hypothetical sort of thing. Oh, yeah. He, well, there will be... You would assume there might be some overhaul. Um, that sort of stuff. And there could be still a way to, for him to get somewhere else. Yeah, these contracts are virtually worth less than the paper they're written on when it comes to moving guys yeah, and I getting think, out of them. I think, yeah, he he didn't score on the weekend again when, no, he, he, when, he, when he played in the one. But I like putting the ball in his hands and just letting him create more as a point guard. I like that. Before he went to Europe, he was having that that breakout. And even a, he's had a couple of good he years. He took all United. my backup minutes last yeah, year. He's, <laughs> he's a great guard. player and I just yeah, feel I agree. like... We're using the prime of his career at Melbourne when he'd be better served at, say, a, say if Randall doesn't come back at an Adelaide or something like that where you give him the rock and yeah. you say, all right, you are our rock on defense and you're leading our offense. I'd love to that see That sort him. of thing. I'd love to see I would love to that. see it. Anyway, we're going way over time here. So it's time to see where your money's going. We'll start off with you this week. Well, when, one last week, even though it was a washout, Breaker's got the win. Uh, I'm going Melbourne to beat Illawarra. And I mm. uh, can't remember my other one. What about the other one? You're going Melbourne to beat oh, Illawarra. Cairns to beat Adelaide. Cairns to beat Adelaide. Multing them together? Yes, multing them together. Multing them together. I think Melbourne's like a dollar 10 to beat Illawarra. Yeah, they have to win 10. to keep Ballsy. their season alive. Ballsy move. Yeah, and that's the reason.
You're going Illawarra. That's the reason I'm going Illawarra. Because my thing is, also, Illawarra is sitting around that $6, $7 mark. Anytime I hear that on an NBL game, I always go with the underdog. For those because avid this league is way too close for anyone For those avid listeners who have been following this part of the podcast the entire season, we did have a tally. We stopped doing it because Felix started going down and I started winning a couple. So don't back Felix here. Back me. You want to know why I went down? Because I actually started taking risks, whereas Pete went with a ten favourite. This is the first time Pete's done that. A dollar ten. Pete also spoke about himself in third person, so that, that is exactly where we're in this show. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you get at us on Twitter, whatever medium you want. We're on YouTube, whatever. Hashtag Trash Talk SB. We want to hear from you. Any of the incidents that will go on this week, and I'm sure we've got another jam-packed week going ahead. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.